coming up in this episode. The list of things that keeps me up at night is actually longer now than it perhaps was a few years ago. An exclusive interview with Nicholas Rasmussen, director of the National Counterterrorism Center. One of the items on that list? The possibility of an attack here inside the homeland by a group of networked operatives from a foreign terrorist organization who somehow may have escaped our intelligence community's collection. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Very graphic situation. San Bernardino. Upwards of 14 people that are dead. We are now investigating these horrific acts as an act of terrorism. Paris. An attack on all of humanity. The Islamic State. I'm back, Obama. They want you to imagine them in the shadows as something greater than they are. Hostile nation states. They can't inflict mortal damage to the United States. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. This is Target USA. America in the crosshairs. Whether it's anarchist, cyber criminals, nation states, or terrorist, America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. I'm J.J. Green, previously on Target USA. In the national capital region, it's never been more apparent than now that terrorism is a huge concern. When we look at the threat reporting emanating from ISIL and from other HVEs from around the country, we know that there is a constant, persistent threat to the district. And now, on this program, multiply that threat times 50 to account for the entire United States. Staying ahead of terrorists requires good intelligence. Good intelligence requires people skilled at collecting the breadcrumbs terrorists leave behind, but then making sense of it so that it's useful makes all the difference. That's where the National Counterterrorism Center comes in. Director Nicholas Rasmussen is the man in charge of the agency, and he's been losing a lot more sleep these days. The list of things that keeps me up at night is actually longer now than it perhaps was a few years ago. I, I worry, I guess, principally about two things. One is the, the possibility of, a, of, of an attack here, here inside the homeland by um, a group of networked operatives from a foreign terrorist organization who somehow may have escaped our uh, intelligence community's uh, collection. Rasmussen was confirmed as director of the National Counterterrorism Center in December of 2014, but he had previously served there in 2004 for three years in senior policy and planning positions, so he knows the challenges very well and spends a significant amount of time explaining it to Congress. Today there are more threats originating in more places and involving a more diffuse and disparate set of individuals than at any time previously. Among those concerns, airplanes and airports. I also worry uh, a great deal about the continued threat to our aviation sector. One only has to look overseas to see some of the incidents that have happened um, with uh, aircraft overseas, attempt bombings, attempted bombings, um, to realize that, that that just remains a continuing and persistent vulnerability. And from an intelligence perspective, we see terrorist groups continuing to aspire to carry out those kinds of attacks. And in the in the, I, I don't envy my colleagues and partners with responsibility for aviation security because they have one of the most difficult jobs there is. They can 
do everything right in 99.9% uh, of the locations around the world where we are uh, dealing with the traveling public. And it's that one-tenth of one percent vulnerability that, that keeps me up at night. The evolution of terrorism, how's that impacted your mission specifically in the last few years, the last couple years, five years? Well, one of the things I've, when I've talked publicly or, or to members of Congress about the terrorist threat that we face is I, I point to some positive things. Um, we've had great success over time at constraining the, the capability of al-Qaeda, the, the, the group that carried out the 9-11 attack, constraining their ability to carry out large mass casualty attacks, uh, including potentially here in the homeland. I think we've had a great deal of success at shrinking the, the, the size of that potential threat. But at the same time, the, the kind of growth of al-Qaeda affiliate organizations and then the growth of ISIL, uh, the Islamic State in, in Iraq and the Levant, um, that has created a situation in which we have more terrorist actors coming at us from more um, a more diverse array of places and, and, and locations around the globe. And that does affect our mission because we are stretched, uh, I would argue, um, perhaps more thinly than we were at an earlier stage um, um, in the post-9-11 period. In my particular case here at NCTC, we, we have analysts responsible for covering key terrorist groups in key parts of the world. And in some cases, they're spread more thinly now than they were perhaps uh, five, six, seven years ago when we could perhaps narrow our focus to a, a few more um, hot spots around the globe. One of those hot spots has been Europe, more specifically Belgium. What you hear is the aftermath of an horrific attack that took place on March 21st in Brussels that killed more than 30 and wounded hundreds. Belgium was exposed after the Paris attacks as an alleged hotbed of terrorist activity. We spoke about the problem with a Belgian terrorism analyst who declined to be identified or interviewed. But he told us the problem was after the Paris attacks and links to the Molenbeek neighborhood in Brussels emerged, they were overwhelmed by intelligence information pouring at them, and they simply couldn't keep up with it all. They, too, were stretched thin. But Rasmussen says being stretched thin doesn't necessarily mean being short of personnel. Yes, I can bring on additional numbers, but do I have immediately um, that, that deep pool of talented and experienced analysts as deep and as, deep and as talented as I would wish? Uh, that's a challenge. One of your counterparts in Europe, Gilles de Kerkhove, he's the EU CT coordinator. He said to me that it's impossible, almost impossible, to track every single potential foreign fighter or suspect um, because essentially you would need almost 20 persons per subject. Can you actually, even if you had an unlimited supply of money, could you actually do that? I'm not sure I would, I would subscribe word for word to uh, Ambassador Dekerkov's um, characterization, but I would agree with him in, in a broad sense. We are going to be um, stretched in our ability to track and follow and be aware of, maintain situational awareness about everybody in the world who is a potential target for, uh, for Islamic extremists to recruit. Um, it just simply isn't possible for us to, to maintain that kind of coverage. I would argue though, that the greater limitation we face, more than anything related to our personnel numbers though, is access to information. To me, the limiting factor we will face is getting the kind of timely predictive information that anybody would want if you're in the business of trying to disrupt or mitigate terrorist threats. And that's becoming increasingly challenging 
um, in this period of time when um, terrorists and extremist groups are much more agile and adept at using communication technologies to their advantage. As the world is coming to grips with yet another terror attack in a place where no one thought it would happen, intelligence experts are scrambling still, trying to figure out how big, how smart, and how broad the Islamic State is. And coming up in our next episode. There's the question of how many ISIL fighters are fighting on the battlefield in Iraq and Syria. Rasmussen does the numbers on the Islamic State's fighting force, including Americans. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA.